0: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion, part of the E2C Network. My name is Kyle Loomis. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new season of Auburn Men's Basketball. What a season it was last year for the 2017-18 season, and we're back for what we hope will promise to be an even more exciting season for the 2018-19 season. To get us started on this year of basketball, we have got to do our preseason show and break down speculation, predict, talk about all the things that have gone on in the off season, what has led up to in fall camp and now into what is going to begin in the regular season in just a matter of about a week when we're recording this. Uh, but to talk about all those things and predict, yes, predict, I brought in my good friend Clint Richardson of the Auburn Uniform Database. How are you doing, buddy? I'm not predicting
1: anything right now, I can tell you
0: that. I promise you, you will by the end of this show. I will get at least one prediction from you. Fine. You get. You can at least give me, like, somebody that'll make All-SEC. Surely somebody will make All-SEC first team this year, don't you think? No,
1: we've been screwed enough in that category.
0: So you think we're going to still have that bad luck going with us, no matter how good we do this year? Pretty much. Auburn could win a national title, and nobody will get first team All-SEC for us. <laughs> Gotta love the media. Uh, you know, there there's some things we could say about media in general, but we're not going to because, I guess, technically, we are part of the media, but... You know. Well, I
1: know I know a lot of players that would get my vote if I had a vote. And See, we might have to put out a E2C network all SEC team.
0: That's what we should definitely do. I think that's a great idea maybe by the end of all of the season we can do something like that because then these players will get the recognition that they deserve, but that's a great segue into. It's going to be
1: all. It's going to be all five Auburn players. We know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a great segue into kind of discussing this year. We're going to talk a little about the roster in depth in just a second, but just to point out that yes, we lost a key player in Mustafa Heron. Uh, we lost some other players as well. But there is such a depth of talent here, so much so that you didn't have that big of a recruiting class, if at all, coming in this year. Because you didn't need them, because you have such talent and depth to go throughout the entirety of this roster, which is going to be key working through this schedule that we have this year. And it is a tough, tough schedule. Clint and I have already broken down that in some great detail in the SEC schedule and the whole season schedule in previous shows we did this summer when it first came out. So if you haven't, please go check those out. Uh, It was some really good time. there breaking those down with Clint. Um, But we've sat now on these schedules for about a month, Clint, and have had, you know, some things happen in the off season. Thankfully, nothing as big as last year with that scandal. But how are you feeling about the schedule overall, where you sit right now, a month after it's been released?
1: This is a tough schedule. And, Auburn doesn't really have a lot of uh, chances early on to get things settled, and especially with a couple of guys out with finishing up suspension and with a couple of injuries now. So things get started really quick with that game against Washington, and it doesn't really get a whole lot easier. I mean, the Maui Invitational is going to be really difficult, and it's just going to be really interesting to see what Auburn does with all of this.
0: Taking a step back from that to the Maui Invitational, let me just say this about Coach Pearl. He's been very good about trying to get this program to the point where they can compete with perennial powers and be recognized enough to be in these type of tournaments in the beginning of the season because this is where a lot of the fireworks happen at the beginning before everybody gets into conference play. And the fact that Auburn is going to be representing us there in the Maui Invitational – is just something I didn't think I was going to get to see in my lifetime because we all know how bad it was for a few years under two previous coaches. I mean, really honestly, Clint, did you think you were going to get to see us in the Maui Invitational anytime soon? No.
1: <laughs> I mean, we were in the, the Diamond Head Classic a couple of years ago, which was a really good tournament. Yes. And um, <clears throat> I think we are also in that same tournament a couple of years prior with the other coach that shall not ever be mentioned here. But – I mean, the the Maui Invitational is just a step above any other early season tournament. And it's just, again, I mean, we've talked about it so many times that it's just an honor to be mentioned among the names of Xavier, San Diego State, Duke, Arizona, Iowa State, and Illinois. And it's just going to be, I mean, this is probably one of the best early season tournaments in a very long time.
0: When you were just reading off all those names, I just kind of had... A moment they were almost passed out, realizing what we've got to face in this tournament. And Auburn is very capable of competing with these teams for how long we are about to find out. I have no doubt that Coach uh, Pearl is going to have these guys conditioned in a manner that is going to be very competitive. But this is Duke. This is Xavier, Arizona, Gonzaga, and then you throw in Illinois, Iowa State, San Diego State. I mean... There's not many people that thought Auburn would be the next slash mark there in that group of teams, and I am so honored that we get to be on TV on one of the biggest stages in early basketball, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. Where do you feel like right now we might finish in that tournament based on how we start with Xavier, then would play the winner of Duke, San Diego State, and then going forward? Where do you, what are you feeling on that, Clint?
1: Uh, I think I said in the tournament or the uh, season preview, the schedule preview that. I thought Auburn would be a lot to win one of those games and two would be a good surprise, and I think I'm going to stick with that.
0: I think that's a very safe bet. I do feel very good about Auburn coming out on fire to potentially upset an Xavier team. The problem is is that you're more than likely going to be facing Duke, who is already, I think, if if my rankings are correct, Clint, they're like number one or number two in the nation right now. It, correct me on that if I'm wrong because I, I cannot remember. I know that they're in the top five. Uh, because that entire top five was just all blue teams, Kentucky, Duke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Duke Duke is set at number four in this preseason poll. Okay, well, there's a chance there for Auburn to make some really early season noise if they have not had an upset um, before then. Uh, but I, I said, that's a tall, tall ask for Auburn to be able to defeat Duke there. However, you never know. Maybe San Diego State gets the upset. And I would feel a lot more comfortable as taking on a San Diego State team. We'll see. It's going to be an exciting tournament to watch. I don't want to spend too much time on that because there's a couple of other, you know, games we should probably mention here. I think outside of that tournament, our biggest challenges in non-conference are Washington. Uh, you look at a Dayton, which is usually a decent program. Uh, NC State's a big one, I would say. And then you've got your rivalry game as it has become with UAB. That's one that I'm excited to see on this schedule again because i love bruce pearl's commitment to playing in state teams do you think we'll ever get that statewide tournament
1: yeah i do and i I hope we do um coach pearl hasn't really mentioned it a whole lot lately but i think it would still be great for the sport
0: and the state if we get that it would do very well i think especially obviously being held in birmingham a lot um i just think it would have a great draw statewide and i'd love to see that um now, here's the, the biggest question of all is, you know, Auburn these past two seasons has had a great non-conference performance. The big question is, is what happens when we get into SEC play? And as things stand right now, Clint, knowing Kentucky is probably going to be in the top 10, top 5 the entire season, you've got Tennessee. We're predicted by most standards to finish third overall. Do you agree with that prediction of a third-place finisher? Do you see Auburn being the team to beat for the SEC?
1: You know, I'm fine with them keeping Auburn number three. I think Kentucky is always going to be good. Tennessee shows that they're going to be another really good team, especially with Grant Williams still on that team. Um, I think Auburn fits in right at number three. And, you know, the the pessimistic fan in me wants to think that it's just probably not going to go right, but I'm ready to be – surprised again in auburn having another really good run
0: it would be the auburn way for us to you know not do good when we're predicted to do well and the opposite fact hey, this
1: isn't this isn't football <laughs> are
0: you sure because i'm a little gun shy now based on what things that are happening this season with football because just, i'm just gun shy In period <laughs> yeah, that's true it's very true uh we do tend to do better when predicted less and when predicted more do less uh but so with auburn tennessee and Kentucky expected at the top there if you had to pick a fourth team up there with Auburn in the tops for the SEC would it be a Florida or somebody else
1: well I mean the media pit Mississippi State number four which I think is a really interesting pick and and to see what the Bulldogs do this year I mean it's Auburn's not gonna have an easy run in the SEC whatsoever especially now with the target on the back and you know Florida might do well I think Mississippi State's going to be a really good team again.
0: I agree with you, and I think that's a good sleeper pick. I still feel like the Florida that program we're used to will end up being up there at the top and competing. Which you know, I love Auburn being in that company. You know, we always hear about Florida, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky as the top of the SEC. Now Auburn can put their stamp on, hey, we belong up here with with these guys, and it's really fun to be able to say that now. And if you look at the beginning of the SEC schedule, you face Kentucky early on. You'll face them a second time in the season. You face South Carolina at South Carolina again early on. That's a big game for many reasons for Auburn. But you'll even go to uh, – you'll have Florida kind of midpoint of the season. But that – and we talked about this in our SEC schedule discussion earlier this summer, Clint. You cannot tell me that that Tennessee game being placed as the final game of the season in Auburn, Alabama, was not a setup by the SEC commissioner and his staff there. I am convinced they expect it to come down to Auburn and Tennessee, possibly – if Kentucky has gotten a couple upsets at the end of the season.
1: Oh, no, it was definitely put there on purpose, and and I would love for it to to everything come down to that one game.
0: Could you imagine the type of ticket prices for that game that would be there? There wouldn't be a ticket left, I believe.
1: No, I hope not. That would just be probably the fullest the Auburn Arena has ever been, and, oh, man, that would be so much
0: fun. Here's the problem, though, is to get to that, you've, your last five games are this, at Kentucky, at Georgia, Mississippi State, the sleeper pick in the SEC, at Alabama, and then you finally finish off at home at Tennessee. You want to talk about amen corner in football? That's amen corner in basketball if I've ever seen one.
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: So it's going to be a very tough sled all the way around for Auburn, non-conference and SEC, a complete schedule that is going to be one that if we come out at it relatively unscathed, a big thing to carry for a resume into uh, postseason play potentially for Auburn here. Last thing on the schedule before we talk about uh, some other things here. Well, actually, two things. Do you think Auburn does better in SEC play or in non-conference play? If you had to guess, Clint.
1: Uh, non-conference. I mean, it's 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 a tough one because both are so tough. But I think I, I just don't know if anybody's going to be able to come out with a really good record in conference play this year. Uh, I think Coach Pearl said it at Media Days, that this is the best conference in college basketball this year, and the SEC is just heads above
0: where they have been in previous years. And I think you see that with some of their TV scheduling as well. Uh, Auburn this year is going to have quite a bit of airtime on some major networks. Um, An article that they posted, they're going to be on ESPN ESPN2, ESPNU, 11 times with the potential for a 12th, and they will even be on CBS for one of those games. And that is like marquee time when you're on CBS for college basketball. Guess what game that's going to be, Clint? Kentucky. Uh, You would be right because that matchup, not only just – we know Auburn and Alabama, that's a big matchup to watch no matter what sport it is. Obviously, Auburn-Tennessee this year. But with Auburn upsetting Kentucky so many times in the Bruce Pearl era – I act like it's happened a lot. It's really only happened twice, if I have my math correct. But with that not happening as much in the past, you know that this is a matchup that CBS wants and wants to see some fireworks happen. Do you have any other um, games that are, you're watching that are going to be played on ESPN or ESPN2 that you're really looking forward to watching on TV?
1: The, the February 2nd game, the first game against Alabama, is going to be on espn u ESPN at Auburn Arena. That's gonna be another really tough ticket to get. And it's just it's gonna be great to have Auburn and Alabama, prime time national television in more than just football.
0: And hopefully we will be able to be having a trophy presentation at the at this game as well because that That would be nice. What did you say? That would be nice. It would be nice, but I don't know if if we're too confident about that happening right now. But this is basketball, enough of football. Uh, So, yeah, great opportunity for Auburn to sell its program on the national stage with so much time on ESPN, ESPN2U. And then, of course, you've got all the SEC Network games. But to be on CBS this this year, it's just going to be amazing to watch. You have a lot to look forward to as an Auburn basketball fan if you can't be at those games because you're going to see them on national television, in primetime so often this year. So let's move on to maybe some more logistics of how this uh, season might turn out. And we're going to have to discuss some of the roster makeup to go off of that. Um, So there's going to be a lot of familiar faces here that we're used to talking about. We've already mentioned Mustafa Heron will not be here this year. And uh, Clint, where I'm sitting right now, I was having this discussion on one of our E2C network live show, the Monday night show. If you have never had a chance to join us where we get on there on Facebook live and, I have a chance to just chat about things someone was asking about do we think that the Mustafa Heron departure is going to be the key factor in whether this team does well and I you know I I hate to say this but I I feel like Auburn is going to be better off without him by based on some things I saw towards the end of last year do you feel the same way or do you still just miss Mustafa
1: <laughs> I'm always gonna miss Mustafa he was always a lot of fun to to watch and was definitely the motor of that team last year for majority of the games yes but i do think that this is probably going to be an addition by subtraction not because i think mustafa was a cancer whatsoever i think he was still a good fit for the team but i think he you know played a little selfishly at times and, and took it upon himself to to be the hero of the game and i think the you know, the rest of the guys on the team played as a true team, and you didn't see a whole lot of hero ball from those guys. And, you know, I, I'm really happy that Mustafa got cleared by the NCAA to play this year, and he doesn't have to sit out. So I'm happy for him, and I hope he does very well up at St. John's. But I think that Auburn is I, – I hope Auburn is not going to skip a beat without him. And, you know, maybe maybe Auburn's going to miss those guaranteed 10 points out of him. At At least in a couple of games, but I'm hoping that you know some newcomers like samir dowdy and 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 guys like that will be able to you know shore up that hole in missing um Mustafa,
0: yeah, I am definitely going to miss him, and so I want to make sure I do say that I just like you mentioned, we as observers of the game saw what we felt like was a little bit more selfish play as kind of some of the frustrations of the way Auburn season ended came on and so that's the only reason I say that and I do think that he had some family stuff going on as well um, that probably was kind of contributing to that mindset or just not as as good of a mindset as it seemed like he used to be at the beginning of the season so I will miss him he was our first ever five star to be recruited to the program so I mean that's just great in and of itself so I hope he does well at St. John's. I will miss him, but just let's celebrate how much great talent we have here. And we have a guy returning, thankfully, for the first time. Uh, We've actually got two of them, but I'll start with D'Angelo Purifoy. Some size at the guard position. Now, he's listed as a forward, but truly he's a swingman, a guard, uh, just with a lot of height on him at 6'7". I am so excited to have D'Angelo back, and I think we're going to see a different and transformed (coughs) player than where you saw two years ago.
1: I think so too. I mean, he's had two seasons, you know, two full calendar years to just put on weight and and drill and just you know get all the basics down. And I think, I mean, I don't know how much weight he's put on, but I imagine that he's going to be a bigger player. He's going to be much more forceful. I think it's going to be a little bit of a transition period for him to get adjusted to the speed. Of course, he's going up against guys like uh, Austin Wiley and. Anthony Macamore in practice but you know game speed is completely different than practice speed and uh, I'm definitely excited to see what D'Angelo does on the court once he finishes out the rest of his suspension but I, I think that he's going to be
0: a player who has something to prove this year I, I really do think so as well I think you might see a little rust at the beginning as he kind of just it's like you said it's different doing practice speed than game speed so you might see a little bit of that but the guy has an extreme talent that has been very much missed on this team and he hopefully can fill some of that void that was left by Mustafa Heron but the big returnee if he can get over an early season or a preseason injury is Austin Wiley the legacy coming off of all that scandal last year he's finally allowed to play again uh, and if, as luck would have it, it just tends to happen with Auburn sports. Of course, he gets injured preseason. Do you think that this preseason injury is serious thing, or is it just one of these little freak things that happen that'll hopefully get over in a few weeks? I think it's just a small little
1: ding. You know, Coach Pearl likes to run these guys pretty tough in practice, and, and I think that's probably just what it was, just another freak incident, but uh, I, I think that Austin deserves his time back on the court. I feel like we've not seen everything that this kid can do. Um, you know, came in mid-season and then had to sit out a whole another year. So I'm hoping we get you know a full year of Austin Wiley and you know hopefully a good percentage of that him being healthy and we actually get to watch him play.
0: You know, I just realized that when you said it, we have yet to see a full season of Austin Wiley, and if this injury takes away some of his early time, we still haven't seen a full season of Austin Wiley, and he's been that good in such a short amount of time, even missing a year. I- I'm really excited what he's going to do for us as our really only true center, standing at six foot eleven. It's something we sorely missed last year. As tenacious, as well-conditioned, and as aggressive as Auburn was at rebounding, they needed Austin Wiley in there in the middle. So that area I really look to us to approve this year based on him returning his loan. There's some other familiar faces here. Uh, don't want to just brush over them, but I do want to talk about them in a few minutes. Horace Spencer, Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Malik Dunbar, Chuma Okiki. Names we're all familiar with here. We had each of these guys shining in their own right. Some a little bit more than others. You know, Chuma kind of burst onto the scene there with an opportunity to rise with Austin Wiley down as one of the bigger men. He's only six foot eight, but he plays a lot bigger than he is. And that's something I really love about him as well. But out of let's just say this: out of Horace, Jared, Bryce, Malik, and Chuma, the major returners, so to speak, who do you see having the biggest year overall? You know, I think
1: Bryce is going to have a heck of the year. Um, he and Harper were named to the SEC um, second team preseason, which I think is still a little low, but. Bryce was also named to the Jerry West Award watch list, which goes to the top shooting guard in the country. And, you know, I think Bryce, you know, has been very streaky as of late. Um, Freshman year had a really hot time and then a really cold time. Bryce went really cold at the end of last year. And I I think if Bryce can have a very strong season, he's got a chance to win. This Jerry West shooter, shooting guard of the year award watch. God, it's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> um, and, and I think if Bryce does well, Auburn does well.
0: Oh, I agree completely. I think that's a great way to say that, you know, Auburn goes as Bryce goes this year because he was the catalyst behind. Uh, that offense last year. Now, he's led by a great point guard in Jared Harper, who deserves accolades in his own right, and even getting a chance to kind of test the waters of the NBA draft, both these guys. Very thankful they came back, because I was very worried they weren't going to. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what this dynamic duo at the point guard and shooting guard can, position can do again to impress this year. But if I had to settle in on one guy, of those that group we just mentioned there, that I'm really excited for, it's Horace Spencer. Watching his story where he came in as a highly touted recruit, kind of maybe didn't shine as bright as we thought he might, and then last year had the starting position, lost it to Anthony Mclemore, but then didn't lose much playing time for most of the time, but shined even brighter then. To watch him become a great team player and then succeed because of it in points, in (laughs) stats... That was the, one of the better storylines for me this year. And as a senior, this guy, being a dad now, having a chance to, ma- to mature a little bit, I'm so excited for what he's going to make of his senior year. I think it's going to be one of the most special years for a senior that we've seen in quite some time.
1: No, that's a really good pick. And uh, Horace will be the first to tell you that his little boy, Avery, who Bruce is not a big fan of that name, um, <clears throat> that Avery has changed Horace's life and um it's just going to be so much fun to see Avery involved with the team a little bit more this year. He he had a great couple of great cameos in the locker room last year and now that he's a little bit older. I think we might get some some better shots with him and um it's just going to be this I hope that this is a really good year for
0: Horace. Yeah, I really do think that he'll be one of the guys that we're talking a lot about by the end of this season. That just goes to show you when we are having trouble picking some players to be that ultimate player for us the year, that's just how great the talent level is here. Two other players I want to talk about uh, because one is a very special story, but another is a guy expected to do well. Uh, Samir Dowdy, he's also suffering for some preseason injuries as well. We are a little... I won't say lacking at the guard position, but we lost a lot of the talent we had last year that either transferred out or things like that. So Samir was expected to step in and see a lot of playing time alongside like a Malik Dunbar after Jared and Bryce. Um, Samir, I I don't really know a lot about him, Clint, other than Bruce Pearl loves him a lot. Do you know much about him?
1: I don't know a whole lot more. I think he's a, a really talented player. Heard a lot of good things about his talent. And he's just going to add had a different you know set of skills that this team probably hasn't had recently and and he he might be the the top player on this team if, if
0: everything i've heard is true he stands about six four 195 pounds so i'd categorize him on the bigger side of a guard which is something interesting to talk about auburn the more you look at a lot of our lineup and our potentials to switch people in and out we have the potential to be a little bit bigger than we're used to in previous seasons. So that's an asset that Samir brings to it. So I hope his injury is nothing more than that, just a little tweak. And hopefully as we get geared up here in the season, we'll see a lot of him doing and maybe even pushing Bryce and Jared, if that's possible, for a little bit of playing time as well. Last guy we've got to talk about, and it's probably it's a sad story from last year, but now it could potentially be the comeback story of the year after the horrific injury that he suffered at South Carolina, Anthony McLemore. Seems to be back at full strength. I've seen myself some videos of him doing some very ferocious uh, dunks, whether that was at practice or just playing on his own, and he came down pretty solidly on that leg, so I feel pretty good about where Anthony stands going into the season. If, if Hey, Clint, did you know that he turned down an Ivy League school to come to Auburn? Did you know Stidham is from Texas? <laughs> did you know Stidham got engaged?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh wait, this isn't football. Okay.
0: Well, we just got in the same vein there, but... A guy that we sorely missed at the end of the season, Anthony Macklemore. How excited are you to have him back?
1: So excited. He Anthony might be my favorite player on this team. And, and another year like last year, minus that South Carolina game, Anthony Macklemore might be my favorite Auburn basketball player of all time.
0: Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that definitely deserves um, a lot of credit beyond stats uh, for what he does in terms of intelligence of the game yes he did go to an Ivy League school I'll say it again but he is just he is a smart basketball player and a very passionate basketball player too which I really appreciate when you combine those two things that's a deadly player for an opposing team so now if I may point something out yours what seems to be favorite player on this roster Anthony and mine Horace had a great dynamic when Horace lost the starting position to Anthony last year was when we saw him take off. But the dynamic between the two of them, and even when we saw them together at times, there was like almost a common bond, a brothership between them. And you don't get that impression a lot from somebody who lost a position. That just shows you the chemistry. The chemistry of this team is a reflection of the chemistry between Anthony McLemore and Horace Spencer. The first one I think that made the way over to him when he went down was Horace Spencer. And the guy that had to step up was Horace Spencer in his place. So I think it's interesting that you and I both pick the guys who probably, from at least outside looking in, are probably the closest on this team.
1: Probably so, and I want to see Anthony shatter the shot block record at Auburn, and I think he's got a really good chance at doing it. And you know, Anthony loves to play
0: defense, and I love to watch some good defense. Oh, man, it's it's been a it's we're used to it now with Coach Perot playing good defense for the longest time. We we couldn't shoot, we couldn't play defense. We basically just put some guys out there and said. Throw it up there and hope it sticks somehow in the goal. and you know.
1: That's uh, exactly what we did with a couple of guys. Don't you worry.
0: <laughs> all right, so I do want to mention a couple other players that are on this team, just so we're all familiar with names. Uh, Javon McCormick's a guard. Miles Parker's a forward. Devontae Williams, another guard. Those are two guard names that you're going to need to get familiar with. Will McCoy, we heard from last year in some time. Uh, Brett Easterling's a guard. Cole Blackstock's another familiar face that's kind of had some spot time at forward. Uh, Thomas Collier as well and then Jamal Johnson that is your Auburn roster for this year hopefully these two injuries we've talked about will be nothing more and we'll see a full complete healthy team and really get a picture for how Auburn is going to be in this season so based on preseason expectations Clint we come in ranked depending on which poll you look at 11 12 but there was even a poll out there by an individual that had us as high as sixth i believe where do you subscribe to these pre polls is it at the 11 12 spot is it the sixth spot or is it somewhere in between you know i i don't really know how
1: important preseason rankings are of course it's always just to get some conversation going and i've always held the thought at least for football that rankings shouldn't be revealed until september you know something like that it's great that auburn's ranked early and high in this preseason um again my my pessimistic viewpoint just shows there's not a whole lot of ways to go north on that list so i i I would much rather sit around that 15 ranking right now i'm shocked no, I mean, I would love to be number one. But, of course, the higher you are, the bigger your target, and the harder you're going to fall. Mm. So give well, me that 15 spot and let us prove it.
0: So, even if I'm, we... not,
1: I'm not buying into any hype right now. I've done it too many times, <laughs> too many sports, and now my Jaguars are really sucking, so they, don't do this to me.
0: Don't bring your Jaguar pessimism in here, Clint. We don't need none of that. <laughs> All right, look, just because you How chose a, football? just because you chose a bad football team doesn't mean that you have to bring it over here. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so coming in at the, uh, I think this is, yes, the AP poll, we are ranked currently, um, at 11th, and I think the college, or the coaches poll, we were at 12th, um, and then Rosenstein, I think, is the guy who had us as high as stick, as six, but he's one of the voters on one of these other polls here, but, so, to your point, Clint, whether we start at 11 or 12 or your 15 preference, Auburn has a lot of opportunities to make their case to be in the top 10, In the top five, the top team in the country. Because if all the teams ahead of us win, that gives us an opportunity to beat a number six ranked. I'm going off the AP poll. Number six ranked Tennessee, a number three ranked Gonzaga, a number four ranked Duke, a number two ranked Kentucky. So if Auburn somehow manages to knock off two, three, four, and six, what's what's it going to take to make them the number one team in the land? I don't see that happening. I'm just asking, you know. Do you think that's possible for us to do this year with this talent?
1: I think so. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to count out Duke <laughs> and Gonzaga. Like <laughs> those are coin flips at this point. And and I, I I don't know if I can personally view Auburn on the level of those two teams. Um, it does seem odd. It, it's really hard. I mean, of course, stealing one or two from Kentucky every now and then is always possible, but. You know, if Auburn had to go up against Duke and Gonzaga and and Villanova and Kansas 10 different times, I
0: I, I don't know how many times Auburn would pull out that win. Here's what I'll say about those four teams we just mentioned for Auburn to potentially use them to move up. Yes, I think Auburn is due every once in a while for Kentucky uh, to fall to them. And, you know, that's there's always that potential there. I I don't know about that Duke thing. Um, Coach K, he is who he is. It's a little scary. Um, if Auburn and Gonzaga were playing in postseason, I would pick Auburn all the way because Gonzaga, <laughs> has, <laughs> Gonzaga has burned me too many times. Dang you, Gonzaga, uh, in bracket challenges. And then I think Auburn and Tennessee, as good as Tennessee is with Grant Williams, I just get the feeling that they are basically on the same level. And it's I think it's going to be really interesting to see as the season plays out who's going to have the better season in that game to end the regular season, is just going to be the matchup to watch because I think it's going to really test, no matter what has happened, throw it all out, who is for real, Auburn or Tennessee, and who deserves to be amongst these big names, whether it be Virginia, Duke, Gonzaga, uh, Kentucky, or Kansas. No matter how you feel about it, though, this is going to be a very excited season for basketball in general. SEC looks strong. Auburn seems to be strong. And I cannot wait for the season to play out because it's going to be so much fun to talk about with you Uh, Clint. So what we want to hear from you as as the listeners is let us know your feelings. You know, in the comments section on this episode, what are your predictions? Do you think Auburn finishes higher or lower than their rank currently right now in the AP poll at number 11? Let us know there in the comments section. I said this, Clint. I'm going to get a prediction from you. It's going to happen. So just go ahead and settle in. I need I'm going to do a couple things here. Select two players to make the SEC first team this year. Bryce Brown and Jared Harper. No Austin Wiley, huh? Uh, you told me two. I'm going to go with those two. Okay. I, I, I'm I not saying I disagree with those picks. I just found it interesting that Austin wasn't one of them. If there was going to be one Auburn player that makes, I, I don't forget what the list is because we've never been a part of it, for the best players in the nation, who is that player for us? The, um, the Naismith Award. The Naismith Award. Austin Wiley. <laughs> okay. See, it's pretty interesting, though, that you don't give him the SEC. Well, who are you, the media or something? You won't give him the Gosh. SEC. <laughs> um, no, but nobody gets the SEC. You know that. No. That's how I, this stuff works. I got put on the SEC All-American team, and I never played an ounce of uh, SEC basketball, so that tells you what. Anyway, uh, last prediction. Does Auburn finish higher or lower than number 11 based on the AP poll? Lower. How low? Get, you don't. <laughs> I, I know you don't want to give me a specific number. Are we talking out of the top 25 or are we talking top 20? I think,
1: I think Auburn finishes the season,
0: finishes the regular season in the top 25. Okay. And can you be satisfied with that as a result for this season based on what you know about it so far?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I
0: mean, if Auburn can
1: start and finish a season in the top 25, I think that means a lot of good things. And that I, means that Auburn had a successful regular season and a pretty successful postseason and you know Auburn got a lot of credit for not a lot of good stuff in the tournament last year bowing out after one game to bama in the sec tournament two games that were really ugly in san diego for the ncaa tournament can we not talk about that (laughs) no but um the first two rounds are hosted in Jacksonville this year so hopefully i can God, please send Auburn to Jacksonville for me. That would be amazing.
0: Well, you know no. That means I get to crash on your couch then. You got to bring a couch then. <laughs> I, I ain't got a couch. What do you think I'm from, Kentucky? Or where is it, West Virginia, where they burn the burn the couches when they win or something like that? I'm not one of Jeez. those people.
1: You, you just ruined that joke.
0: I did ruin it, but hey, I tried my best. It's, it's, no, you it's the thought that matters. All no, right, well, I, I agree with your thought process of that. I think if Auburn finishes in the top 25 – this is a good season based on the strength of schedule, based on some questions that we have about how this team's going to mesh without Mustafa Heron, some early season injuries here. I expect more, but if I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I expect Auburn to finish in the top 15. If Auburn finishes in the top 10, I will not be surprised. And if I see a top five finish, I will be elated. Um, that's Absolutely. That's as far as I'll go there on that. So and I, I didn't push you too far with our predictions, did I?
1: No, I'm hurting. It, it hurts, hurts so much.
0: Well, you know, buckle up, son, because we got a long season ahead of it full of predictions. Oh lovely. All right, guys, so we want to hear from you in the comments section about what you think about this season. But before we go, Clint, let's tell them where they can find us. Uh, I'm on Twitter at TigerEye twenty four and where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAE24 and check out
1: my website the Auburn Uniform Database at auburnuniforms.com
0: That's how we have on you for this edition of Inside the Jungle. Ready to get the season started. Until next time, War Eagle. War Eagle.